everyone, and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today I am privileged to be joined by Rabbi Nachum Lehman, director of CSB Kir. Thank you, Rabbi Lehman, for joining us. Thank you. Now, before we get into our conversation, I just want to let our viewers know that you brought quite a bit of uh, show and tell here, so they should know that it's not a mistake that we have this iPad and this uh, $15,000 screen and some other interesting paraphernalia. Um, and what makes you, this interview so unique as well is that most of the interviews we've done here at Inside Artscroll have been with authors and writers and uh, sometimes relatives of people related to the books that, that, uh, that we published. And today we, we're going in a totally different direction. Um, your connection to Artscroll is very unique in that you're bringing Art Scrolls works, svarim and books, to unique populations. People who either can't see or people who can see, but that's their only means of communication. So tell us a little about what you do and how you got involved in it. Okay. Um, we, uh, I think that's a great way to, 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 you know, to give it some context that we have clients that are visually impaired and blind. So we bring art scroll materials to them by either printing them in braille, uh, some of them get in an electronic braille. Uh, we do large print for the visually impaired as well. And large print can sometimes mean just a little bit bigger than regular print. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means one or two words per page. And uh, so that's one part of, the, of what CSB does. And then a second part is not just changing the format of the material, but actually giving the clients a different access method, a different way to actually open the book or turn the page of the book. And that's for people who are physically disabled, who have possibly suffered a stroke, um, have cerebral palsy or ALS. And these people control their environments in completely different ways. And they also want to have access to the Art Scroll Library, and that's what we provide for them. Now, this, this involvement with Art Scroll goes back how many years? About 20, uh, maybe a little more, a little less. I don't remember the exact dates. So this is going back to Reb Mayer's Lodowitz's days? Yes. Is he the one who initially uh, kind of made that connection, that relationship? Yes, yes. And so I think it was um, probably in the year 2000 or so, is when we started doing embossed braille, hard copy braille, in order to give people a lot of access to the digital materials that were available online or in purchasable software. And we started receiving many requests for art scroll materials as well. And uh, so we started the process of getting permission. That's not a quick process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's something that takes a while. And we actually had, um, we enlisted the help of uh, Rabbi Pesach Krohn uh, helped us a lot with that, and uh, we, Rabbi Avram Biederman was involved, but Rabbi Meir Zlatowicz, Zechariah Levracha, was personally involved the entire time, and it was just a matter of working it out in a very responsible and effective way. So uh, I think it took, though, a couple of years to actually get the permissions mm -hmm. to uh, distribute Art Scrolls materials in the ways that, in the ways that we do it, um, but once we did receive permission, it was like opening a floodgate. It was, mm -hmm. everything was available, and when we made requests for materials, they came in immediately. Mm -hmm. 
what was the first thing that you decided to bring to the to the visually impaired public? What so, was the first volume? I think the main thing that was the first requests were really for leisure reading materials. Even before Gemara and Sidorim and Way, way before, way uh -huh. before, because most people would get, they would have a Siddur from us. They would have, and doing Hebrew-English stuff in Braille is very difficult. So it was, it was the leisure reading material was definitely the most important piece missing in their lives. Mm -hmm. Because they, you know, if uh, a three-day umptive, you know, people spend a lot of time reading. And if someone doesn't have something in Braille and that's all they read, then it's, it's, that's, it's very that's difficult. very difficult. So the leisure reading material was the first, those were the first requests. And I think that's the, um, the first thing we did was ask for 10 biographies and some inspirational publications. And uh, we got them out, you know, almost immediately. And I think that the, one of the worst things that happened to me at that time was um, we had to spend a lot of time converting these things, even though we were getting them digitally, mm -hmm. converting them into Braille and taking out some of the typesetting things that are in them in order to make them Braille compatible. User-friendly for yeah, the... Yeah, it, uh, was, it was a job. And um, so we put in many hours to create these, this first set of books, some children's books, some adult books. Do you remember any specific titles? Um, that first bunch? So from the first bunch, I know we did some of the Touched by His Stories um, initially. Rabbi, Rabbi Spiro. Um, we did some of the Magid books. Um, we did a couple of biographies. I don't remember. I know we did Beloved by All. Um, I have that here in a large print, but I don't, that wasn't from the first ones, that's for mm -hmm. sure. Um, so, um, but after we did this, and we had spent a lot of time in the office preparing these, I think like a week after we distributed them, they were our clients were calling back. Okay, we finished them. Where's we want more? more. So that that was that was difficult. Uh -huh. It was difficult, but also a validation that you had hit on something, right? Hundred percent. It's something that was, had never been available. All these fantastic books that all of us take for granted. We could just go to any shelf, and literally thousands and thousands of books in Svarim. I think before anything. It's just important to take a moment and remind ourselves of how fortunate we are that we don't have to come onto your services. We go into any farm store, we order books online, they come, we open them up, we read them. Right. What a gift from the Rabbani Shalom that not everyone has, whether it's because they're visually impaired or where they have um, other limitations, like you mentioned, ALS patients, where they could only see with, they, they could only communicate with their site, and you've created programs that enable them to read. So uh, why don't you start, give us one example of something you've done that we could show the audience. Uh, okay, so I mean, so this is, these are a couple of Braille volumes. So um, we just took some things off of the shelf. Uh, this is uh, Who Cares? 94 Stories of People Who Did, and by Baruch Brol. And this is, um, so right away in Braille, things are a lot bigger. I don't recall how many volumes this it actually is in Braille, but mm -hmm. this is volume three. So, so however big the book is, it's going to be probably six or seven times the number of volumes so in one, Braille. So one book is actually released in several volumes. Right. So this is just like volume three, even though it's all part of the same book. And, and, and it's just basically, it's, it's a book in Braille and where they have an index in the front and then they have the page numbers in Braille and they can just read through it and um, yeah, and they, they, 
they use this on a Shabbos afternoon just like we use right. any. And I will, I will say, when you, when you came before, before we started our interview, I was looking through some of your paraphernalia, and, and I closed my eyes and I was running my, my hand over the, over the Braille, and uh, I commented to, to our engineer here that I, I could barely discern the difference between you know, the number of dots and things like that. I know I'm sounding so ignorant, but it, it, it really seemed to be s- such a yeoman's task to master Braille. Just talk about that. Is, is, uh, you, I mean, uh, obviously you're familiar with that, with the difficulty of learning the language. Right, and, and it is. It's, um, the task of learning the code is not, is not such a difficult task where someone has to just um, learn what each Braille character um, stands reference for, stands for in either English or Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hebrew Braille actually is read also from left to right. That's okay. an interesting, interesting uh, detail. Um, but the uh, the part that takes a while to become proficient in is the tactile accuracy, and that's where where which it, means it's in, in layman's terms, be, what does being that mean? able to differentiate between the different characters using someone's finger to figure out is that three dots in a row is that two dots and one on the other column. Uh-huh. So these, so that, um, developing that skill usually takes someone about a year until they're reading at a pace that's considered a reading pace. Do you know how to read Braille, by the way? Only, only by looking at it a little bit, not by, oh, I can't, so you, and you, only Hebrew Braille. Hebrew Braille Hebrew? a little bit, yeah. I was gonna, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> could you, could you read this sentence? I, I can't, no, I'm not, I, I could, also there's, there's, aside from the Braille itself, it's, there, there are contractions. So that means that a person has to learn many hundreds of contractions where in Braille, let's say if you have just TH, that will represent an entire word. Oh, it's almost like so, Rosh Tavis. Right, and that's to make it that it should be smaller and quicker to read. So those I certainly don't know. So uh-huh. yeah, so I failed that one. So this is <laughs> here. This is a Braille book, who cares? What, what else do we have um, there? So now we have, there's a few things. First of all, we have um, some special volumes, like we, we've done Touched by a Story for Children. We have many volumes like this where um, the Braille volume actually has the pictures from the book in the volume. And this was because a few of our clients were blind mothers that wanted to read to their children. Wow. So they would be reading the book from the Braille, and the child, the child would be looking, the following the picture. Wow. And just an interesting, a really interesting uh, addition to this book is that um, we, ha- we had one ALS patient who wanted to do some volunteer work for CSB. So, um, and we, we actually had a wonderful project for her, and this is going back several years. The project was, that she went and created captions for these pictures so that there, although it wouldn't be there in the art scroll book, but it would be in a, a page on the other side corresponding to the picture that would say, there's an elderly man speaking to five boys, there one's wear, two are wearing red hats, and it would be an it entire caption so that the blind mother would actually have the details to describe to the her picture. child. Wow, okay. Um, and then we have um, all sorts of special projects that we're, that we're constantly doing. This one is something that um, we just started a couple of years ago, um, and actually uh, Gedalio is, was more involved in this project, where 
This is um, a Braille Hebrew-English Tehillim. Hebrew-English is a big challenge when it comes to Braille because having it on two sides of the page is difficult. Um, so it's is, difficult. This, is this Hebrew and English on separate no, so pages? No, he so okay. we, what we did was we took the every Pasuk of Tehillim and we have the Hebrew and then we have the English indented a little bit. Almost so that, like an interlinear style? So it's, it's really linear, not interlinear, uh -huh. because the interlinear, I, yeah, I think we would, we would give up. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, That's too complicated. But, but here it's, it's linear, but it's just the entire Pasuk and then an indented version in English so that whoever wants can do the Hebrew, and if they skip the indented piece, they, could they can just, just go, go on to, to the, the next, next Hebrew. Or if they want, they can read the English, uh -huh. which is giving them the same option as they would have with a printed volume. Very nice. And this is, this is a new thing and very exciting for us because Hebrew English is important for this. I, I listen, I think every, st every single volume you're going to put out, whatever it is, is going to be significant because you're opening up, uh, you're opening up a new world to, to, to people who didn't have it, right? Right, right, right. Now, uh, let, let's turn to this screen for a moment. This screen, okay. I think when you set it up, you said it's like a fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> monitor. What, the, what does this do and who does it cater to? So this is for someone who can see, but they can't move, and generally for someone who can't speak either. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually for ALS patients or someone with a physical disability. That you may, mentioned cerebral palsy. Is, would cerebral that be palsy also? also, and there are children and adults that use these devices for everything, and it really gives people independence. It gives them the ability to communicate. It mm -hmm. gives them the ability to control their environment. They can control the thermostats in the house, the, anything that's infrared controlled, anything um, people, they can email, they can text. They can so even it's make not a just phone about, call. It's not just about learning and reading. It's, it's primarily really about communication. About communication. And that's something that CSB does as well. It's providing people reach out to you on behalf of these patients. Right. And do you actually go set it up individually for every patient, kind of to custom tailor it to their needs? Yes, yes. I mean, most of the time we don't have to do it in home. We can do it remotely. Uh -huh. um, but it's, it's a constant, constant job keeping people's devices updated and okay. communicative. And, right. uh, but one of, the, one of the benefits of these devices that they have full control of is that we were able to use some of the art scroll materials to give people the ability to daven, give them the ability to uh, read a book. And um, this, is, this has really opened up amazing things for uh, adults and children. And really, you know, some of the kids that are using these devices, you can imagine it, they don't have a lot of material. They don't have a lot of control of their world. And when you give them a children's art scroll book, which is so exciting, and that they can control it, it's, it's really changing their world. Wow. Now, do you, you wanna, could you demonstrate for us? How this works? Yeah, I, it's really it's really simple. Just wherever I think our um, our viewers will be able to follow along. Okay, so just by looking at the screen, wherever I look, you'll see this little um, indicator showing that like it's dwelling on the button. So if I would go to the where it says main index over there, and I just stay on it for a little bit, it will. So I see it says Mincha Erev Roshano Myriv Shachris Mosuf. Right. Mincha Tashuk This. I guess this is a Rosh Hashanah. This is a Rosh Hashanah Mazar. And you're so if I want to go, it, and I'm controlling, controlling it with, with my eyes. eyes. Okay. So if I want to go, let's say, to, to Shachris, 
I you look just, at it. I just look at it. You just look at it. You're and, dwelling on it. And if I want to go to Takiya Schaefer, I look at it. I look at Takiya Schaefer, and then it clicks it, and then it will bring up Takiya Schaefer. And here is... And how do you scroll on the page now? So we don't scroll. We only do next page, but we have to split up uh, the page into two halves. You have to split up the page into two halves. Right? Okay. So, and I go, if I look at the, next, at the uh, next button here, that goes to the next page, and then I can see the bottom of the page. And wow. if I go next again... So you could go next, and you could go back, and then and and you're controlling back, this all with your eyes. All with my eyes. And if I go back to the index, it says, do I want to return? Okay. I say yes, and I'm back at the index. Mm. So this is how someone would daven. Um, and yes, um, people use this on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, I was going to ask. Yes, yes, and on, uh, many, mo- many people use it on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Shabbos. Um, it's, uh, we're not going to get into not that here, but it's, but, it's, it, right. but it's pretty much uh, wow. like that. And, um, and then, so this is, this is just, let's say this is a machzer. If I go home, I can then go into other things. Like here is something that we did for, um, for Shavuos, where someone gets the Megillus Rus, um, the art scroll Megillus Rus with the pictures, and this is for a child who is nine years old who is using eye tracking. And again, the same thing, it just has the access to the Rus, Megillus Rus, wow. Hard Scroll It's unbelievable. That is really unbelievable. It's really, it's, and what's, what's so important to remember is that you need, you need to use your imagination how you can use this to make it more effective. We've been doing this for many years, and this, we didn't think of this one uh, right away. <laughs> initially, right? right away, it's right. like, it's, it's really, it's, you know, it's about the clients and, and sometimes caregivers realizing that there's something great that you can do. And this makes somebody's shvuas or makes their, while well, all the other kids in their class are learning about rus and shvuas, they, they could can learn ha- too. They can do it too. Wow. Hmm. That's really phenomenal. Now, communicating is a similar system where they... Yeah, the, I can show you how that works over yeah. here. I'll go to the index. And the way they do that, you need a little bit, you need really good accuracy. And maybe my position isn't great for it, but I'll try it. I'm going to speak. I'll try to type your name. And it's just one letter at a time? There is predictions, but Hissiger is not a prediction, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm having trouble getting the G. I got it. Okay. And then... uh, You mean predictions where it will help the patient finish the word, like autocorrect type of thing. Right. And then it builds up over time according to what they type. I got to get that R. The R is a little harder. There we go. And then I can speak it. Hissiger. Wow. So that that's how, a, this is how people communicate, how communicate, and they can prepare beforehand if they need to speak by a simcha. Um, they prepare things before, and they have phrases, and there's all sorts of shortcuts to make this more effective friendly. And, uh, and quicker. But, uh, but it's an amazing, amazing device. That, is real, that just, really is. You, I mean, you're restoring, uh, you're giving life back to people who, who really lost all connection. Um, just think back not so long ago when before this technology existed, Nebuch, if someone was stricken with ALS, they had no, no way of communicating. Right, right. So it's, it's really transformative. Right. Uh, we know um, Reb Mendy Rosenberg is from the more well-known uh, 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 individuals who, despite his ALS, 
display tremendous courage. You know, he made a Siyam Ashas and, and, and inspired so many people to do that. Uh, but that was really credit to you and the innovations that you uh, made available, right? Right, and I, and I have to, I guess, say again that, you know, the credit goes to Mendy Rosenberg <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's, it's really our clients who have this inner strength that helps them get through something so challenging. Um, we're, Baruch Hashem, able to sometimes provide tools that they need to make something happen, mm-hmm. but it's, it's them. It's really someone learning Braille and someone and someone using an eye tracking device or and even now we're we're getting more involved in brain communication and there are things that are happening on that front um it's it just takes unbelievable perseverance and they have it now you you're focused a lot on on judaic related uh, products right judaism um how do, i'm curious how does how do your innovations compare to what's going on in the wide world out there, there are Braille societies and, and things of that sort. Do you work in tandem with them? Have they ever reached out to you? You know, kind of maybe you're even ahead of where they are. Talk so, about that. Right. So we do we do a lot together with some of the other organizations. Um, it's, uh, I guess when it comes to the Judaica materials, um, it's just, you have to be really careful. You can't have publishers' texts going all over the place. Right. So it just makes it a little pr- bit more... Pr- proprietary div- information. Right. And so people, I guess, out there in the, in the greater world, so people have more online access to things. Um, and there's just a ton of content available online that is just not available to our audience. Our popul- yeah, to our right. audience. So, Is there a way for, for uh, an ALS patient to, to navigate the, the internet and... Completely, of that sort? Yeah. completely, and I, I could show you, but it's it is they, and that's how someone like Mandy Rosenberg, who was actually um, learning and using, um, listening to Shiurim a whole day, he was doing that through online access, uh-huh. and and you can completely uh, surf the web and get to Torah anytime. You can get to Edaf, any any of the available resources resources you can get to, and you can control them. Um, and those part of some really part of what we do sometimes is that access needs higher accuracy, and sometimes the ALS patients' accuracy is not great mm-hmm. due to medications or whatever it may be. That's part of our job trying to make that connection so that they can mm-hmm. use it. So sometimes uh-huh. we have to program buttons to do things automatically, but um, uh, we actually have uh, for one particular patient we have. Um, we've created like a whole Dafyomi system in his eye tracker where he has Rabbi Elephant's shiurim um, and they're downloaded and they're in the eye tracker. It's, it's like a full-time job, but we have, he's using that and he uses, and he learns the Daf every day and he, it's like, that's our payback. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's almost like a custom-made system for that particular right. patient. And most yeah. of the things we do are customized, but uh-huh. some of them take a little more work. And, right, you know, right, and right. But that one is extremely successful, and uh, he's using it, and now a second ALS patient is starting to use it uh-huh. also. Now we jumped right into your incredible work and what you do, but I failed to ask you how someone like you, you live in Benzenhurst, Brooklyn, you're, you're, how, do you get in, how does someone get involved in this that it, becomes, it really became your life's mission? So, yeah, it's a long story, <laughs> but I guess the, the short version is that I was, I was actually in Kailal, and uh, I 
was doing a little bit of software development on the side, and, and then someone that I knew lost his vision. And this was in about 1996 or 97, and he, since he knew that I was doing some computer things, he asked if there was a way for him to be able to continue learning uh, without being able to read. So I did some research and I came up empty-handed. So I wrote a quick piece of software which was an audio-based program that allowed um, people to record Gemara, Rashi, Taisvis, and all sorts of commentaries. And then it was indexed in a way that someone who couldn't see would hear a little piece of the Gemara. And then they had a little keypad with 20 buttons on it. They could either go to the next piece of Gemara, they could go to the Rashi, the Taisvis. It was giving, the tech term is random access to anything they wanted to learn. Meaning, when you're learning a Gemara, you could decide to go to the next Gemara, or you could decide to go look at the Marsha. You want independent access to mm -hmm. everything there. And that's what this audio program did. And so we start, that's how we started. I mean, is that similar to now Kalalashen and these other programs? Totally Not different. at all. <laughs> because, oh, okay. because here, by Kalalashen, when you listen to a shear, you're going to listen to the shear the way the person sequentially it. said it, right? Uh -huh. Here, the recordings were made, but you could listen to them uh, like the Gemara now. And even though the Gemara was read in straight, 10 dafim of Gemara, you could, after you hear a little piece, you can now listen to the Marsha on that Gemara. Oh, wow. Or you could decide to go back and read the same Gemara five times. So it was giving somebody the experience of learning from a Gemara, but in, in an audio version. And within a year of making that software, 20 people were using it, including Rabbi Yaakov Meisha Kalevsky in Baltimore. There was a Shiva. Because he was severely visually impaired. Right. And it took some time. It was, it was a difficult process because it was Baltimore and it was before the, it wasn't so easy transferring data over uh -huh. between Bensonhurst and Baltimore. I know in his biography it talks about that at the Saif Yomov at the end of his life how he, he was using these giant size Gemaras. Were you involved in I wasn't one? involved in the oh, okay. giant size at that time. We weren't doing the giant size Gemaras, uh -huh. but we were just involved in this part which was giving him access. Um, I, I remember the story. I, met, I went to meet him in Flatbush and um, uh, I asked him, so what Svarim does the Rosh Hashiva need? Now, he had no clue what, how much work it takes to do this, right? Uh -huh. So he said, okay, so I need the Gemara Rashi, Taisvis, the, the Rashba, the Ramban, Ran, Rabbi Kiveger, Pnei Yeshua, and, and the list, and like, until I think I, I just like exploded, I said, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, um, and we actually had someone in Bensonhurst uh, do the recording, uh, and this is, someone had to do the recording of Rabbi Kiva Eger and Pnei Yeshua when they weren't learning the sugya. So uh -huh. like that was, and, and then we gave it to him, but um, so we started, we, we gave him those materials. Um, but was that, was, that was in print or in audio? No, this was on a, all computer based. It was the audio one and it was using a computer with this little keypad where he could listen to the Gemara and he could go straight to the Rabbi Eger wow. and he could, or whatever he wanted. Um, but, but he was Nifter very soon after. You started doing this. Right. I mean, we did a few, um, a few deliveries of data with him. And, and yeah, and he was Nifter then. And then but, um, but so within that first year, we had already acquired 20 clients. And uh, I think at that time we went 
uh, went to Reb Aaron Schechter with someone and to ask if we should, if like we should make this into an organization. And he said, certainly. And um, and I think Reb Gedalia Weinberger was like one of the founding fathers mm-hmm. of CSB and and helped us get it off the ground. And over the years, uh, you know, it's just it's evolved and evolved into many different technologies for so many different people. Sure. I think it's worth mentioning because I'm actually going to show the, something on the Arts Called Digital Library that um, Stanley and Ellen Wasserman, who were the ones who sponsored the Arts Called Digital Library, have for years been sponsoring what we've been doing for the blind and visually impaired and wow. so many of the projects. So they've been on both sides of that. Wow, that is special. I was going to ask you about the the funding component. Is this all sponsored? Is 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 all there sponsored. any is there any government funding for this type of thing? Not not really, because it's you know it's it's very yeah it's very, very specific. specific and yeah so it's difficult and uh, some of the other things some of the ALS stuff there is potential for some government funding but so far we haven't uh-huh. gone. And how big of a staff do you have working on these on these? So we have six people. We have five people in the office, and then we have a programmer outside of the office and a director of development outside of the office. And, um, and it's, uh, we have a really great staff of people who, they, they really get these projects done. Um, a little bit, we have so many dream projects on our list, but uh, we'll Is get the, them. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, a project like the Art Scroll, the Schanstein Gemara, is that something that's available? So only partially. Um, because again, the Hebrew, for the Braille, for the Hebrew English, we do it once in a while for someone who needs something like that. It's a tremendous amount of work because even when we get the texts from Art Scroll, which they generously provide, it's it's a lot of work on our side to, to go convert, and, to convert to convert the Hebrew English, and it's it's a it's a it's really a process. So we don't do that often. And for um, the for let's say for the ALS patient to take so that pictures? we do that more often. We do that where we have some clients that have, um, you know, a Masechta or two of Art Scroll, Art Scroll's uh, Schottenstein edition on their ALS, on their eye tracking device, and they use it that way. Um, there, there are challenges with that as well, though, just to be clear, because the way the screen is laid out, we have to split every page in two in order that someone should be able to just read it. Right. So when you split something in two, so now we're going to have the Gemara split in two, and then the English side is going to be split in two. So if they're on the top of the Amud and they want to see the translation, they really have to go two pages further to go see that translation, and then two pages back. Mm-hmm. So these sorts of things just make it make more, it difficult. And but yeah, but we do it. We do it, and that's you know part of the. Uh, wow. Now, what, what did you want to show us on the Arts Code Digital Library? Something on the iPad? Oh, yeah. So this, this is actually, there's, there are so many things I'd love to show you, but we, we don't have enough time for everything. So, <laughs> But this, the, um, the Art Scroll um, Digital Library, is something that's available on an iPad. And I think that a lot of people that are physically disabled don't really know that there are ways to control the iPad completely by voice. Now, it's not Siri. Siri is, is very limited, right? Mm-hmm. But Apple has a comprehensive voice control built into the iPad, which people with severe physical limitations, they can completely use an iPad. Um, now, I, it's, I think it, it's worth mentioning that you have on the Art Scroll team, 
um, Ellie Drabkin, sure. who's in Baltimore, who actually is, is very proficient in many of the alternative access methods for iPads and computers um, for accessing the, the Art School Digital Library. Um, and I, I wish more people knew about that. Um, mm. it, Art School has so many things going on with, for the visually impaired, the physically disabled. I just think it needs to, to be brought out to more. To be brought out and advertised. Yeah. Um, but because some of the things that we do, we've, we've run into uh, Ellie Dratkin um, uh, over, you know, uh, over time. And you know, he's been doing some amazing things just you know, not, not regarding voice control. But I just wanted to show this really quickly so that if someone sees this and they would like to control their iPad and like to have access to the Art School Digital Library, um, this is an amazing tool. Um, and hopefully it's going to listen to me. OK, I'm going to try right. it here. Hey, give it a shot. Hey, Siri, turn on voice control. Voice control is already turned on. Open Art Scroll. So now, the way this voice control works is that I can tell it some commands, and it will give me access to every element on the screen of the iPad. So I'll show you one of them is show numbers. Now every book has a number next to it. And every link on the entire iPad screen has it's a numbered. Is numbered. So you so, don't have to say the name of the item. You just right. say the number. So I can say now, just have to stop before I, 13. And it opens up the art scroll uh. to Hillam. Now, um, there are ways. Now, you'll see there's like a next button. The art scroll digital library has a next button on the bottom. Right. That one could be difficult sometimes. You could do the show numbers command, and that will show us a number there. But then you'd have to do that every time. Mm -hmm. It happens to be that um, all of the links on an iPad also get names. Um, art scroll's naming convention isn't so great, but that's because they didn't realize that they that could do this, used this for this way. way. But um, I think that the next button, I think, is called the left arrow. So I'm going to try that. Tap next arrow. No, sorry. Tap left arrow. And then it goes to the next page. Oh, wow. Now, let's say there are sometimes links that have no number and have no um, name. But there's still the coolest way in the world to control it. Let's say I wanted to go to the menu, which is all the way on the bottom left over there. Show grid. 17. So you gridded the page, and then you picked the box that and had I can, that. And I'm making it smaller and smaller, 7. And once I'm, once I'm happy with the size, I can just do tap 7. And it brings up the menu. Wow. So this is a way that, aside from the Art School Digital Library, this is someone, if someone is physically disabled and they have their voice, they can use this completely to control their iPad. And from an iPad, you can control everything. Wow. They, can, they can go on to Shiurim. They can control their environment. They can put on music. They can do, anything. Do, yeah, it opens up, again, it opens up a whole, a whole wide world to them. But what yeah. amazes me is that ArtScroll has done such a great job of getting the content and the material out there. And now, Baruch Hashem, after these 20 years, 
we've had the permissions to be able to go and you know, disseminate them in this way. Right, right. It's, it's just amazing how this is opening up so many doors. Well, you, so many you mentioned Remeyer Zlatowicz earlier. We, we spoke so many times on this program about um, Remeyer's vision. He was a visionary. He saw things before other people did. He, he envisioned projects before people thought they were possible. And I'm, I'm guessing that from your collaboration, which goes back almost 30 years, um, I, I guess he saw what you saw. You know, no pun intended, but he really saw that he had, that vision that you had, uh, he had as well, and that's what uh, kind of enabled him to to be free about giving you the material that you need to be able to reach all these uh, people and being mezaka so many people and enriching their lives and bringing flavor and 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 sound and 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 vision back into their day. Absolutely, he was he was very he was very into making this happen. And I think it was just, took time just for it to happen in a responsible way. Right. And I think that on the side, we owe him another big piece of gratitude for, um, because when, whenever we have to get permission from another publisher, it's the first thing we say is that Art Scroll gives us their texts. Uh -huh. And it's usually from there, it's, it's easy. <laughs> right, right, right. So we, we, and we have relationships with so many publishers now. And, um, but I think that people, they really respect the fact that ArtScroll sure. has, has done this, that we're able to get it from anyone. Now, what, what's, what's the next frontier in, in, the, in what you do? What, what's the next big project? There, there are so many projects going on, but um, it depends in which, uh, in, in which thing. Um, I think that one of the, the biggest things going on by us at the moment is, is brain communication, um, because it's called BCI, brain, well, it's Brain Computer Interface, which is being able to allow people to communicate just by thinking. And, um, and this, is, this is an amazing thing, which is there are programs that have been out even for 30 years, uh, which I've used, but you have to put like an EEG head cap on and it takes mm -hmm. a half an hour to put on. But a person just by looking at a screen and thinking, they can actually type. And I've done it, so I know that it works. Wow. And um, today they're trying to come out with headsets that allow people to do that. That We're, we're not there yet. Um, everyone knows about Elon Musk's initiatives, which are real and working, and, but that's, that's neurosurgery. Mm -hmm. um, we're actually right now focusing on a particular technology where they put in a stent, um, and this, they put a stent into someone's motor cortex and through that stent, which is a minor, it's very minimally invasive procedure. I'm going to ask how invasive it's, it is. It's a stent. Uh -huh. It's a stent in the brain, but it's a stent only. And um, uh, we have a few ALS clients um, that actually have had that done already. And through that, it's going to open up a lot of brain communication wow. options. And um, <laughs> so that's going to... And then you know, hopefully, bring more people, uh, enable more people to, to use your services. Right, right. And wow, that's, and that's important. That's really important. It's really it's amazing to to hear and to see um, all that you've accomplished. I, w I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to thank uh, Hanania Kramer and his crew at Call Rum for enable us. He they enabled us to do this interview with these uh, different uh, the show and tell. <laughs> And they showed it on the screen, and, and so our viewers could get a taste uh, of, of what you're doing. So we're, we're appreciative to them. 
and uh, we're appreciative to you for it's really inspiring uh, just to listen to to what you do and the passion you have for this work. Any any final message before we wrap up? No, I just I think this is my big opportunity to say the big thank you to Art Scroll for making their their publications available to so many of the people we work with. It was it was game changing for us when that permission came through, and mm. it's game changing for us every single day. Well, Amir Tashem, you'll continue to change so many lives and uh, and. Um, just really, it's a tremendous opportunity, a tremendous zikr, a rabbin that you're doing. So we wish you continued atzlacha. And thank you for coming out to join us today. I mean, thank you.